When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Top of the Key. I'm Grace, and as always, I'm here with Thomas. Um, It looks like we're going to get 13 teams. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they were um that was an 11th hour thing i don't know like that that whole article in the what was it the oregon live about the the so the the wmba supposed to was supposed to emphasis on supposed to announce a um expansion team in portland that was kind of, i feel like that was known for a little while there was talk about it and everything and it has fallen apart um, it was like a week from being announced. It was supposed to get announced, I think, on the 26th of October. Um, and a week before that, uh, Kirk Brown, who would have been the principal owner, he represented about $50 million in capital. Um, he pulled out. And uh, now the team, it was really weird, This the reporting around this, where like the news was leaked, it broke. Kathy Engelbert was like, it's because of the work done on the, the arena. And then literally everyone else was like, no, it's not Kathy. What are you talking about? <laughs> she, she's such an interesting cat. Like, I kind of hope she, I think she needs to like eventually not be the person because like it's sometimes it's not great, but she's so funny that I'd, I'd kind of be sad if she goes anywhere. You know what I mean? She's, like, more chaotic, like, Rob Manfred, where, like, everything kind of goes wrong, but he's just, like, annoying and, like, like buttoned down or whatever. She's out here just, like, 
putting out press releases that are complete fabrications and then like five seconds later it's being backtracked or she's changing the number of expansion teams every time she speaks it's great yeah it's it's incredible stuff uh so the article in the Oregon Live uh, talked to the real amount of issues between, uh, it really seems like it was between Kirk Brown and like the league, but specifically Kathy Engelbert. Um, he wanted to name the team the Rose City Royalty, and Kathy Engelbert was uncomfortable with the connotation of that, which I don't know what that means. I don't, yeah, I don't, I, I don't, I don't <laughs> get it either. Like, what is the connotation of that? That is bad. It's that seems just like normal sports team name to me. Yeah, it just sounds like it's a name. Like I don't yeah. really know what what that what that what that entails. Uh, he Kirk Brown had some amount of ownership in Shoot Three Hundred and Sixty, which is like a nationwide basketball training center. Um, and Kathy Engelbert wanted him to divest from that due to conflicts of interest, which I guess I kind of get, but also like that's a business, and I, I don't. Again, I don't see where the crossover would be there. Like if. If you can own a business and a sports team like every other owner does, like none of these owners have just completely sold their stakes and everything to become a WNBA. Yeah, owner. like, like they aren't the Lake they, the Lakers where Jeannie Buss like that's the only that's her income. Like all these all these people make money somewhere else. Uh, and then the, the article didn't go into everything else, but it just said that Kirk Brown was like generally uncomfortable with all of the conditions being placed on him. And um, he withdrew it basically the 11th hour. Um, the, the actual quote from the Argon Live is that sources have equated the deal um, failure to a football team not scoring from the one yard line, Ben Simmons passing up an open layup, and a wedding be being. Well, that one's offered. realistic. <laughs> Uh, well, on, yeah, I was like, why is that in there? That feels like something that would happen, just knowing general stuff about <laughs> Ben Simmons and a wedding being called off right before I do. That's this isn't great. The wedding one is crazy. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's literally. No, it's not great. It's not what you want. No, it's. It, this is like. What's the backup plan here? You know, like, like what's I mean... the. I mean, the backup plan is we don't have a 14th team, but like that again feels odd. We've talked yeah. about that. You really shouldn't have an odd number of teams, especially the way the league is set up. It just would feel weird. Um, the backup plan is you get one later, which yeah. is dumb. <laughs> like, but. also, you know, and there was the issues with the Toronto team and everything. Like, I feel like like you should probably have ink to paper before you start announcing stuff. Yeah, like, <laughs> and that's the, prep, the, the the problem because you could very well be right, and this ends up happening. And chances are, you look you don't look stupid, but the off chance you do look stupid. And there were enough ownership groups you look, that you could have too. I'm sure. I'm pretty sure there's some movement down in Miami. I know there's a movement in Philly. Like I think they were trying to get a team in Denver. There's enough groups here that if if Kirk Brown pulls out and the Toronto deal falls through, if before you announce the the Bay the Bay Area team, you got one of those other groups in, you would still yeah. be able to do too. Honestly, they're and and the thing is they're going to get a 14 team cuz like like you said, they listed too many people. They listed too many places. They listed too many interested parties. The league is growing too much. They're going to get a 14 team somewhere. So 
despite them doing all this and looking like <laughs> absolute silly gooses over it. Like, it might not be there, but it'll be somewhere. It'll be the Miami Flames. And then they're like, oh, <laughs> they, 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 it's Flames culture or something. And then we're, we're making fun of them about that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like there's a lot of stuff you could, they, they, there's, they'll end up finding a 14th that's just funny. Like, yeah. like now it's just kind of funny because you just kind of look silly. Yeah. Um, and Kathy Engelbert, as we said, she suggested the reasoning was due to renovations at the um, ar- the Moda Center, at the Trailblazers Arena. That would be the arena for this W team as well. Um, she sent a letter to a Oregon senator, Ron Wyden, uh, talking about this. And again, literally every single person was like, she would know about that. Like, this isn't a new thing. This isn't a development that, like, they walked in there last week and saw, oh, they're doing renovations in here. This has been known, and there's other solutions here. Um, And clearly this isn't the problem. But uh, like you said it when I sent you the text. You said, <laughs> I would love, like, imagine being Kathy Engelbert's intern. Mm-hmm. I want to be her personal assistant. <laughs> I want to, like, I would quit my job and do that. Because I bet it's hilarious. Like I bet it's like a TV show sitcom, and it's it's I I love it. Like I I I'm obsessed. It, it's just it's so. I love that we're in the off season, and this is like the part of the off season where really all that's happening is like USA basketball, college hoops is starting. Like there really shouldn't be a lot of stuff going on, um, but the gosh darn it, this WNBA is gonna make stuff happen, good or bad. Oh, yeah. It's great. This is actually genuinely... I get why they did it right before the finals, because you had all eyes on the sport, but this is when they should have announced the Bay Area one, too. Yeah. like, like this would The have- thing is, that's why it didn't make any sense to me at the time to just announce the one. Yeah. Because, like, with ownership and new teams and stuff, it's so volatile. It's not like you're announcing a player, and then you can announce another player in two weeks. Like, that's kind of simple. Like, of course, a player could sign elsewhere or whatever but this is like the creation of a franchise like there's a lot that goes into it there's a lot of funding and a lot of media stuff and all that like don't announce this shit too early and don't (laughs) announce it too out of order because then you're just like well okay and then imagine all those fans who are like hell yeah (laughs) like like I feel bad for the fans. Like, that's really who I feel bad for. Like, obviously, like, having a team, another team would be good for the players, but we, I think we'll get another team. But I feel bad for the fans in that they, weeks of excitement have now, or like, well, now you just put your, I don't know how much the WNBA league passes now. I don't remember. <laughs> but put your whatever many monies into it and watch your favorite team that's not in your area because you don't get one. Thumbs up. You know? Yeah. Like, that kind of sucks. Yeah it's it's like it's just it's goofy behavior um the the portland trailblazers blazers like as an organization were apparently caught off guard by all this too like they were expecting the w team to show up in a couple of years and now they're just like well we were getting ready for that and Kathy yeah, Engelbert yeah. was like well guess what yeah, too bad <laughs> it's just it's so it's just goofy. Like this is lit. Like this is so goofy. This is the stupidest thing that could happen. And now, like the league just has like egg on its face because they they got all pumped up. They're leaking it that there's gonna be a Portland team, and that's why we can't have a Denver team or we can't have a whatever team. And now, like, haha, 
oops actually like it just it's so this league is really funny like we're in like the growing pains period where like they're shooting off exponentially and because of that everything's ridiculous and like shooting off exponentially is a really good point because like i think people underrate how quickly this league is growing because it's only like 30 years or something 27 years like we talked about last week two weeks ago yeah like it's it's a new league and it's a new league and like relative to the world it's a new league and also like the league was not popular five years ago or six years ago so like nobody who is even currently working for the league knows how to figure knows how to do any of this stuff like they're also figuring it out so yeah I mean, Kathy Engelbert's only been the commissioner since 2019. Like, you know, she's she's doing some goofy stuff, but also she basically came into this and it was a totally different landscape than it is right now, which does speak to what she has accomplished. Um, but also, oh, like, yeah. like yeah. she also now has to deal with, you know, May of 2019, this league is not this big. And now all of a sudden it's like she wasn't, you know, you can prepare as much as you possibly can, but you still can't be prepared for the growth we saw, especially over the last few seasons. Because I think even if you, even if you have the nicest projections of a league's growth, I don't think they would have projected these, this, I mean, like, no, it's just, it was, Twitter blowing up at the right time for that, for the WNBA specifically, it was uh, the right people tweeting about it and caring about it. It was the genius thing to make the WNBA league pass like $20. And yeah. it was like, watch every game. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like if I want to buy Lakers league pass, I got to spend like a ton of money to just buy theirs. And then I can't watch the, if I want to buy the full league pass, it's even more expensive and it also doesn't work. So like, <laughs> Like they did, they really did great stuff to build the league too. Like it's, they, their hands are also, their fingerprints are also on the growth. But I would, I would not be shocked if you went back in time and you said, hey, this is how popular the WNBA is going to be in four years or whatever. They're going to be like, no, you're lying. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it, it's, it's the work of the league and it's also the players coming in because, you know, five years ago or whatever, Asia Wilson was a rookie. Brianna Stewart was in year three of her career. Like all of these big name players we have now weren't who they were back then. And they're so popular now. I mean, you see it with the reaction that the Aces and the Liberty and, and other teams have gotten over the course of the last two seasons, three seasons. The players themselves have done a really good job of marketing the league as well, just by being so popular and being such good personalities to have out there. Yeah, I agree. Like, and I think that what the NBA has done, like the players, like they show out for them, they come to the games, they tweet about it, they're wearing Sabrina's shoes, the <laughs> referees are wearing Sabrina's shoes. <laughs> and like, like that stuff is cool because like, that stuff is cool because it's, it's, um, it's like, if you're a kid, if you're a 10 year old, and you're like, oh, my favorite player is wearing these Nikes. And they're like Sabrina Inescu's Nikes. Then, like, you'll want to buy them. Like, you won't think of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's, it, it takes away that, like, like, some kid wants to wear Durant's or something. Or, um, like, I guess Curry has shoes, but they're like, whatever. Um, 
LeBrons or Kobe's, you know what I mean? Like people really yeah. wanted to wear those shoes because of the players. And now if players are wearing Sabrina's shoes, people are going to want to wear those and buy them. Yeah. And that's a good thing. And that grows the league and it makes, because these leagues should be connected. I really do believe that. Like there's no, there's, I don't see a reason why the NBA and the WNBA can't be partners. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, the the players in the the end like you said everyone is with every time I see the referee wearing the Sabrina shoes was really the funniest thing that they're yeah. all black Sabrina so is great <laughs> be, be, because they can't wear <laughs> shoes or color so it's all black yeah. and there's the freaking Sabrinas <laughs> but like again I own a pair they're so they're good shoes like they nailed it but also Sabrina has her own shoe that's great uh, Stewie has her own shoe that's great. Where the fuck? I mean, they've been saying this before, but like, where the fuck is Asia Wilson's shoes? Like, that's it, it's we're at a great yeah, point. I, she needs a shoe, but also like we there's there's certain things that need to happen here that it's ridiculous that they haven't happened yet. Asia Wilson needs a shoe. Asia Wilson has a book coming out before she has a shoe, which is cr- like a, a, great for her for writing a book, but also like crazy yeah. to me. She has two and, MVP awards, <laughs> but no and like and like we're we're talking about all this stuff and I'm literally watching as we record this, the, on my big TV, because I'm also, I have Seton Hall streaming because I'm a sicko and watch college basketball (laughs) for fun. But like, I'm watching like the LSU Colorado women's game is on TNT and like Shaq is there and it's like in Vegas, you know what I mean? Like the lead, like the sport in general is growing. Like this is like where a men's basketball game would normally be on TNT in a neutral site tournament type thing. Like they do that all the time. Like men's leagues do that all the time. And they're always aired on big channels. This is straight up on TNT. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the, the, the league is growing. And I think the WNBA needs to realize how quickly women's basketball in general is growing. And that's where yeah. we talked about last week. We're paying the players. So we talked about this week with making expansion for real. Like you need to do both of those things. Yeah. And, um, another big part of the league growing this is the perfect segue i'm so excited about this another part of the league growing is uh media coverage and we're gonna take a i'm so thrilled that i got to do this segue um we're gonna take a break and when we come back we're gonna talk about a uh big article that came out this week in the washington post about that very topic why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. And we're back. Um, so I know I I got the article in front of you, Thomas, but you haven't read it yet. Um, there was an yes, article. Yes, I have not read it yet. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going into this blind. Well, I've read it, so half blind. Um, there was an article in the Washington Post this week uh, about the relationship between the WNBA and the players and the media. Um, and I thought it was a very interesting read that I... I I think got a lot of um, polarized reactions from from both people who were entirely behind the media and entirely behind the players, sort of going at each other and saying, well, the other side is completely wrong. The other side is completely wrong. I think it's the article itself does a really good job of um, 
breaking down like sort of the complications in the relationship between the two where basically basically the thesis of the article is um it, it sort of stems from the after the game four in the finals and the Liberty didn't make themselves available other than the regular press conference and the, you know, they can't decide to not be available to make the, to when they suffer bad losses because every other league does that, you know, it does media regardless. But what it really comes down to is it's kind of on the, like it's both sides, but like the league itself is so woefully unprepared for this moment of having this many eyes on them they have like no PR employees. The the teams have like no infrastructure for this. So I thought it was really fascinating that like you can see that play out in the way that like the 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 type the the types of questions that reporters are asking during these press conferences. And I mean, again, the players not making themselves available because the Liberty didn't do it in in game after game four. The Phoenix Mercury didn't do it in 2021 and they they made the the punishments harsher for that but I think what it really comes down to is there's like room for improvement on both sides is really what I got from the article. Yeah. And so my takes on the whole media coverage stuff is I understand why the Liberty don't want didn't want to talk because you just lost it was a whole thing Losing sucks. If you're going to be a big-time league, you have to talk. The Diamondbacks talked after they lost the World Series. Like, do you think any of them wanted to? No. But that's just, if you're playing at that stage, your fans, I wanted to hear what they had to say. You know what I mean? Like, in the moment, I wanted to hear what they said. Maybe they were salty. Maybe they would have been upset. Maybe they didn't want. I get it. I still wanted to hear what they had to say because I feel like it's important. Like, like I'm not, I'm not saying like they needed to be like the most gracious losers or whatever. And like, why that would be a good thing, but you know what I mean? Like, of course there's, there's emotions and tensions and stuff and they'll be upset, but I think that parts of how the media handles like parts of your job is dealing with the media and it i think it's complicated because i understand why players really don't like them but also i understand why the media is like you what the hell man i gotta write a story (laughs) and like i i need your quotes like if i'm writing a story about the liberty losing and i don't have any of the quotes from the Liberty who lost, then what am I supposed to write about? Like, I could just write about the game, but that's boring. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like, you need to extrapolate some stuff from that. Yeah. And the only way you do that is if you talk to the people. So I, I also, it, it went into, there's like a domino effect here with with all of these issues where, because they're, they talk, they, they mentioned in the article, there are two teams that have media travel regularly with the team. And that's the Washington Post goes with the the Mystics and the Chicago Sun-Times, I believe, is with the with the Sky. Every other team does not have, like, a regular media following them, you know, beat reporters. Like, like yeah. a beat writer, yeah. Um, and there's just, there's not a lot of jobs covering the W in media and even fewer of those number actually pay well. So you have this sort of issue where the league is expanding, you know, exponentially and... 
reporters are finding themselves out of their depth, whether it be from experience or just from time, because they have to work other jobs to be able to cover this league. And then that leads to, um, you know, you've got teams send media sources sending cover, reporters to cover stuff who don't know anything about the league. So Neka Agwumake is quoted in the article. She's talking that, you know, they closed the locker room, I think, last year, the year before to reporters. Um, and now it's just pr- press conferences and then they'll do scrums sometimes, too. And she spoke about there being sort of this frustration in the locker room when they'd all gather around the lockers and they would ask her questions, but it would be people who aren't covering the league regularly. So they'd be mispronouncing her name yeah, it's dumb question. or ask stupid questions. And she personally likes that they close the locker room, even though media sources don't like that as much, just because she finds it more helpful to gather her thoughts and then to go out there. And then she's willing to converse with the media. And I think that there's, there's a middle ground that needs to be met here. The other issue is, and they talk about this in the article, is that the NBA does not care just, about does, it. Like, they don't give a shit at all. Yeah. And that's they, when, that's what I talk about. Like, I think the NBA and the WNBA need to be partners. Like, obviously, the, the NBA owns, like, half of it or something. I don't remember what the specific number is. But, like, the NBA needs to be an active partner is what I mean. Like, yeah, because the NBA needs to, if anyone knows any of this, like, the NBA is, like, everyone's favorite sports soap opera at this point. And that's a good <laughs> thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's not a sport that exists that is not more. I feel like the NBA is talked about more year round than any other sport. Like yeah. we're about to go into a baseball season where free agency opens three hours ago and no one is going to sign a contract until like Thanksgiving, like a significant one yeah. where the NBA, like that shit free agency hits. And like, it would be, I don't know if you remember this, but it would be like, uh, Wo- uh, Woj would be tweeting at like 3 a.m. Eastern time, like <laughs> everyone, si- like every single free agent signed for like three hours straight. People are just signing, and obviously it was all tampering and it was bullshit. But like, yeah. but like that was like NBA free agency was like it's the day. And then after that, there were trades. There were guys asking out. There was James Harden showing up to camp overweight, and then being <laughs> like, it was actually I'm actually in shape. It's fine when he gets traded somewhere, and like the NBA's ability to be a PR hype machine for themselves is something that no other sport understands. And they need to help the WNBA and not just be like, eh, who gives a shit? Because yeah. if you help own it and it's part of your thing, you could really have a chokehold on the, on the year long cycle. Yeah. There's not even like a woes for, for the WNBA. Like Brianna Stewart was tweeting the emojis and I don't even remember who broke her. Like, I do not remember who broke her, her signing. It could have very well been woes. It, but I remember yeah. who broke LeBron James. Like I remember I mean, that. Let, let's, like, you know let's what I mean? The the two big ones at the same time were really Brianna Stewart and Courtney Vandersloot. And I remember who broke Courtney Vandersloot signing. It was literally Courtney Vandersloot. Yeah, out, she was Courtney like, "I'm going to be a Liberty, has right? Signed with the Liberty, <laughs> Liberty." And it's like, and, and and that stuff is really cool, and it's nice to see the players doing that. But no, like if you're going to be a big time league, like. I don't even know where I, t- I have a, we have a podcast about this league. I am not a hundred percent sure where to go. If I need to look at like, where are people signing? You know what I mean? Like it could yeah. be a group of people there. There's like a ton of people who, who break news in the WNBA. They do a great job, but there's like, 
they're working for like blogs or they're working kind of for themselves. Like there's none of them work for like ESPN. And that's crazy to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and that should be changed too. And what's that's talking about media coverage. And that's talking about like being a more serious outlet for the media, because that also comes with the territory. You know, we get more stories about the WNBA. We get more long features. We get more analysis features. We get more, tough questions being asked that sometimes the players don't want to answer, but I want to hear the answer to, you know, yeah. like we get more interesting things and some, like the media is not all bad within sports. Like there's a lot of stuff that is tough and they could be mean or they could be like carrying water for teams sometimes in other sports, but also you get a lot of great things from sports writing. And I think the WNBA could really benefit from that. And they just, they're not prepared for that reality yet. Yeah. I, I also think that there's, um, and the, the article touches on this, but I think there's something to be said about the fact that currently, uh, the way the the W media landscape is structured, you have a league that is mostly black women being covered by mostly white men. So there's yes, a, that's a, a huge level, issue. There's a level of mistrust that's gonna be there regardless of if there's actually like a specific, oh, this guy said this thing or whatever, just because the people involved are so on opposite sides of the spectrum that they, you know, like what is a white guy going to understand about certain issues that happen in the league because it's black women. And especially because most of the white men who cover it are straight and there's a lot of queer women in the league. So it's, it's, there's like a level there that needs to be changed through who is covering the league. And it doesn't have to be that, Oh, well we shut out the white guys for, more women and, and and people of color and stuff like that but it you need to have more parity in the reporting and that comes with making better jobs for this and hiring for this because a lot of these news sources would just be happy to just hire white guys most of the time and then they don't have anyone covering the w because who cares about that league is like really what the issue is here yeah i agree and it's like we i think you i think you said it today actually that they're at a crossroads, and I think they're just at a crossroads in the league. Like, they don't, they're, the popularity is getting really high. They don't really know how to handle it yet, and they don't really know how to handle it in a multitude of ways. And that's media coverage, that's expansion, and that's paying players the wages that they need to be paid. Like, it's just, it's, it's a lot of things that are, the WNBA doesn't know how to handle yet. And, the only way you learn is by either having people who have been involved in other leagues be like, Hey, this is how we did it. Or you fail and you figure it yeah. out. You know, like yeah. I can see the WBA being banning, um, closing your, or not banning that. I would, what's the better way to put it? Forcing teams to, to have media coverage at the end of a playoff game, no matter what. And like they kind of do anyway, and they'll just find them and call it a day. But you can be a little more strict with that. Yeah. But then, like when you do all that, and you're like, well, you don't charter my, you don't let us charter flights. So like, what the hell? Who who cares? Yeah. Then I'd be like, well, yeah, that's a pretty good damn point. You know <laughs> what I mean? So there's a there's a lot that's there's a lot of catching up to do to their where their popularity is at. But I think the good thing is the popularity is not going to go away. Like I think the popularity yeah. is very real. It feels like it feels like this stuff is here to stay because. Frankly, we would not be having LSU versus Colorado on TNT if women's <laughs> sports was not here to stay. You know yeah. what I mean? 
we would be having a men's game on this channel right now because you could very easily schedule one. The, the men's league, the, the, the men's college basketball also started today. Yeah. You know, it might've even started yesterday. So like you could easily have had a different game, but people want to watch this LSU team. And yeah. that's a good thing. And I think that's why the league will continue to grow, even if they have growing pains doing so. I mean, hell, this was this the stat was sort of touted out there to be like, look at how bad the matchup was in the World Series this year. But it, I think it actually says something to the power of women's sports and women's basketball right now that the finals game from the NCAA championship uh, tournament in March um, had more viewers than game one of the World Series this year. And, you know, again, there's what? a million different things that go into that, but still. In what world five years ago were 9.9 million people tuning into that game? Yeah. And that's unfathomable five years ago, you know, to yeah. beat a World Series game, even if it's a World Series that quote, I mean, like it didn't do well in the ratings. But when you look at the ratings, like kind of long term, it kind of did. Exactly everything does normal. terrible in ratings now. Other than the Super Bowl, everything's ratings go down. <laughs> And like, cause I don't remember what, uh, I don't remember who tweeted the graphic. I wish I did, but there was like a huge, there was one that was like a huge spike and that was like the Cubs in 2016. So I thought, yeah, yeah. because there was like the, that was a <laughs> real famous situation. Like that's like a hundred, I don't remember what the exact year was, over a hundred year drought. 108 years. Being, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I'm a big, like, I know like, I think it's a little weird that I normally do this, but once the Mets are eliminated or, and my favorite team is, I'm usually watching another sport, like my favorite team in another sport at that point. So like, why would I watch the world series if I could watch the New York Rangers or something? But that year I was like, I want to see if the Cubs do it, you know? Yeah. So like even cause it's cool. And so the fact that women's basketball was able to beat a world series game, a game, one of a world series game is that's how, you know, like, that's a real thing. Yeah. Like, that's real shit. You know what I mean? And it's just, it's it's cool. It's good. It's a good thing because the league is actually good. Like, the game yeah. the game is good. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very exciting. And um, hopefully the league finds a way to catch up to the pressure that is now upon it due to its expanding popularity. Um. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we will talk a little bit because college basketball just started. I think that's a good place to end this episode. All right. And we're back. Um, so, like you said, you're watching LSU versus Colorado. Is Colorado a Division One team or are they playing another like like JUCO? No, they, they're ranked team? 20th. They're ranked 20th. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, actually close. Was- LSU is only up four. Oh, at the time there we go. The that must be that must be a nice change for them, like not being up a hundred points. <laughs> They're probably like, "Wow, they made a, a shot that was nominally contested." I can't believe it. <laughs> I don't know who's scheduling this for LSU, but it's very funny. It's like I get that they're all exhibition matches, but also like literally, it was like, "Oh, this is a D three team. Oh, this team isn't even in the NCAA." Like, like what is going on in LSU? I want to know how they found. I want to know how they found the team that's not in the NCAA. <laughs> like, what? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, my, that's my crazy. Favorite, my and also, like, one... the level... No, go ahead. The level of difference in... I don't think, pe- like, people who didn't 
I, I, I don't want to do play the game stuff, but so I played volleyball in college and we played a school that moved down from deep, from a higher division to division three, my senior year, mm. the, the difference in athleticism between me and all those kids was wild. So I couldn't imagine being a division three kid and being like, you got to go play LSU. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like <laughs> I would be like freaking out if I had to do that. So kudos to them for scoring one point, <laughs> let alone like 23 or whatever the hell it was. Like, I, I, I don't think I would be able to score a point against a division one basketball player. Like we got destroyed <laughs> in volleyball. I don't think we won a set. We didn't win a set. We got swept. You know what I mean? Because yeah. like, and that was a, a low division two or something that moved down to division three. It wasn't even D1. But that division three team, they sure did play for Jesus. Oh, they did. <laughs> I can't believe that was that. Uh, that was one of, uh, like, going down that rabbit hole was incredible stuff. <laughs> oh, my God. That's just, I'm, I, I, every single time. Did you see what um, Kim Mulkey was wearing today? Oh, she. The ugliest. Dripped out. <laughs> pantsuit I've ever seen in my life. Uh She's doing the deepest crouches on the sideline. It's unbelievable stuff. Um, her during the national championship game, I honestly was a little concerned. Uh, for yeah, her health I remember seeing those pictures. Uh, I, I was like, "Is she going to die <laughs> on the court?" Like she is upset, and I mean, the players seem to love playing for her. So I mean, I, I can't I can't be a hater. Like the LSU girls seem to love her because no one talks shit about her. So yeah, <laughs> but like. She's a character. She's she's also someone who's who's like she's a villain. No one really likes her, but you need villains in sports. Yeah. Like sports need villains as much as they need heroes, you know? I mean, listen, the one thing about Kim Mulkey that every time I see her name, I will think about and it acts like because there's like being a villain or whatever. And then there was um when Brittany Griner was in Russia and she wouldn't even say, I hope she gets home safely. Oh, terrible person. Like I'm not gonna say that <laughs> I think she's a good person, but like People hate watch that LS like that LSU yeah. championship team, and they were like, "Hell yeah!" Like when they won, like LSU yeah. was like, "Yeah, all right, we'll take it." Now, not a villain um, is the so USC. There's an article that came out. I sent it to you um, through ESPN of a player with USC named Aaliyah Gates who was shot nine times at a party her senior year of high school, right before she was going to commit to USC. Um, it was actually 18 bullet wounds because I think every bullet went in and out. Um, and she is looking to get back on the court this season after learning how to walk again and brush her teeth again. And, and just That's one of those, one of those stories that is so powerful that I don't think I will be able to root against USC at all this season. And like, I will specifically follow her. Like uh, every kudos to her, like, I don't know how it's like that's that's commitment and that's like drive. Yeah. That's just like I, you're not gonna t someone isn't gonna take this my dream away from me type stuff. And that's that's stuff you just love to see. Yeah. It, it's so Aaliyah Gates with USC. Um I'm gonna keep an eye on her. Maybe we'll hopefully we'll come back to talking about her at some point this season. Um and then there's a few other, you know, storylines to look out for. So you've got like we were talking about LSU, they're going to try and win again. They've got a little bit of added firepower now with Haley Von Lith. Um, She's cooking today. She, she, she is? 
That's pretty good, yeah. Uh, and of course, like, Angel she, Reese. She's stretching the floor for them, which is nice. They really needed someone to help do that a little bit yeah. to open up the to open up the paint. She's been stretching the floor for them today. She has a very nice jump shot, just like physical, like, mm-hmm. um, like visually, it's very clean. Yeah. Uh, I know Caitlin Clark's cooking too right now. Uh, in the first quarter, I just saw this pop up on my timeline. Uh, this is from 16 minutes ago, so who knows what's happened since. But uh, in the first quarter, Caitlin Clark had 19 points, two assists, eight for 11 from the field, and three for five from three. Uh, she so is quite she's good. back. <laughs> Caitlin Clark is good, folks. You heard it here first. She is quite good. Uh, and then, of course, um, I think a big one is going to be at least here on the East Coast, too. Um, Paige Beckers is returning finally, which is exciting. Um, you know what's crazy? Like, I feel like people forgot about her. Like, yes. I feel like people don't know, like, like the I'm not familiar with your game Shaq thing because <laughs> the way that the WNBA, the, the, the WNCAA popped up in popularity right after she got hurt. Obviously, it was popular when she was in it, but the Caitlin Clark, Angel Reese stuff like blew the doors off. People are going to have eyes on her. You know what I mean? Yeah. People are going to be like, damn, she's like that. And it's like, yeah, she's like that. <laughs> like, she is really like that. She's really yeah. good. And she just got hurt playing like pickup or some shit. I, it was something stupid. Not yeah. stupid, but like unfortunate. Because obviously, playing pickup is not stupid. But yeah. She got hurt like just messing around, you know, like just being a kid and playing basketball. Like that, that just sucks. Yeah. It, it's, I would not, I mean, we've talked about this before. I would not be surprised if she takes her extra year of eligibility just because of how much time she missed. Um, I do that. I, I think she's a smart one to take eligibility too, because yeah. like you kind of avoid all the, everyone who's been around for a full year and stuff. And then you could just grow from there. And yeah, it, it's, Get a little, you know, get your legs back under you. It's going to take a minute for her. Yeah. And it's going to be interesting to see her this season. I have no doubt that she's going to come back probably just as good as she was. And it's just, like you said, I think people just forgot. Because she kind of missed, what, like a year and a half total with all of the injuries? Because she is someone who has been injured prior to this as well. Um, But she she's incredible. She, like, before the Caitlin Clark and Angel Reese sort of push last year for college basketball, I feel like, before that, the story was always Paige Beckers. Like, I can remember hearing of Paige Beckers right when I was starting to get into women's basketball. Like, really yeah. hardcore. So, it was like, like, she was like, oh, she's the next big thing. And then... Yeah. And so then it, injuries kind of put her on the back yeah. there. Yeah. So, it's going to be... Uh, it's going to be an interesting season for uh, college basketball, and I'm sure we will talk about it um, when we're not talking about the league fucking up the Philly expansion team next. The um, Philadelphia cheesesteaks. Yeah, that'd be kind of a fire name. (laughs) Yeah, literally. If, I'd, if that I'd be does, like, yo, I kind of mess with cheese steaks basketball, dude. Like, yeah, yeah. The, the if if that does become the team name, I do want my royalties now. Um, all right, I think I think that about does us does it for us. You got anything else? Um, college basketball is a little worse than professional basketball. I always yeah, forget. Well. <laughs> I I like it a lot, but it's always a little. It's just a little worse. Yeah. I. I agree. 
uh, you're not gonna find. I'm never. You're not gonna get me to argue that like college basketball is worse than professional basketball. I mean, um, some people will disagree. Well, <laughs> some some people are stupid. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, I think that about does it for us tonight. Um, so you you know you can find us at Twitter X whatever at TOTK Pod and. You can email us at the same at gmail.com. And um, anything else? No, can't think of anything else. Beautiful. Uh, We'll see you next week when I'm sure Kathy Engelbert will have said something else.